All right, everybody. Uh, another another week um, and another episode of Positively Charged Wrestling we, with your lovely host, uh, Braden, uh, good buddy Josh. What's up, guys? Uh, how we doing this week, man? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, I realized right before we started recording that uh, I didn't finish her off, so... I haven't seen a whole lot of wrestling this week because <laughs> I didn't even finish the first one. So I, um, I'm not. I, I'm right there with you. I've I seen a little bit of uh, Takeover, a little bit of Raw. Um, I'm thinking I missed most of SmackDown, <laughs> and uh, I did make an appointment to view AEW Wednesday nights. Um, that that is quickly becoming the one show that I will try to that I will try to watch every week. Uh, not because I'm just an AEW guy or nothing, but to me, it, it's a fairly. I think Wednesday is just a, a good good night of the week. Monday's a good night of the week. Wednesday's a good night of the week. Fridays, yeah. I, I never know what I've got going on. <laughs> yeah, and by that time you've already you've watched other stuff and. Yeah, it's kind of hard to to guarantee a Friday night viewing. Of, yeah, um, I, I didn't but, see uh, I didn't see any SmackDown this week. I, I've not even seen normally like my Facebook feed um, shows. You know, hey, this happened. Hey, this happened. But uh, my Facebook feed is filled up with something else, which which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll mention that in a little bit. But uh, um, I tried. I was going to watch Takeover. Uh, I ran into Will at work on Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, he suggested, he said, you know, TakeOver is really good. And um, I told him about, you know, where I've been walking and watching wrestling or listening to podcasts or whatever. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I I might make TakeOver my viewing for today. And that was my plan. And apparently my iPad decided not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I got home and uh, tried to pull it up, pull up the network. And for some weird reason, like it was being weird, it was it wouldn't let me lock, like it wouldn't let me open the app. Like it would start to open, and it would say like um, something about to view. You have to do the latest update. So huh. I went and did the update, and then I went and opened my app back up, and it said to view. You have to do the latest update, and it was like a circle back and forth. And uh, unfortunately, I had already started walking at this point on the treadmill. So I could only do so much technical stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's go to YouTube. And I just pulled up something random on YouTube and watched it while I walked. So uh, Monday yeah. was not, it didn't work out. And I've not been able to get back and catch TakeOver. But it wasn't my plans. So. Um, Will is right. TakeOver was good. Um, it uh, One of these days, sh- shout out to Will, full stop, uh, we got to have him on here. We got to figure out a way to get him on here one of these days. Love his knowledge, love his opinions. Um, we got to get him on here one of these days. Um, so we'll just go from right there uh, with takeover. Now, I was I was traveling this past week, so I kind of had to watch on my phone in a hotel room. So not the best viewing experience, um, <laughs> but uh, so 
I'm trying to think of how to NXT. I think I, I really enjoy it, but I'm beginning to notice a trend, and I and I know a lot of other people are. It's it, it's uh, finisher spamming and, and kickout spamming. Now yep. that doesn't really uh, stop me from fully enjoying the show, but I'm noticing that it, every single takeover almost it, it, it happens. Uh, so, um, th- that's just one minor, minor little, little gripe. Uh, but it, it was a good show. Uh, so we'll, um, we'll go ahead and get into it. Um, Get my notes pulled up. Um, doo, 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 doo. And I'm having a little bit of technical. Doo, doo. So iPads this week are uh, being finicky. That, that's the news. So, um, Apparently iPads are not a fan of the positives of charged wrestling podcast. They're uh, uh, kind of turning against us here, but that's all right. Um. So we've got uh, Keith Lee and Double D, uh, Dijakovic. Dijakovic. There we go. Dijakovic. Dijakovic. I have have butchered that name every other time I have said it on this podcast, but I think I finally got it halfway right there. There you go. Um, I did miss this match, uh, but I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, Keith Lee picks up the win here to to retain the um, North American title. I think it's really just a matter of time before Keith Lee goes to the main roster. We say, and I know they try to blur the lines and say, "Well, there are no more call ups," but yeah, there are. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but uh, these two have some great chemistry. I'm still not 100% sure if I'm sold on Dijakovic uh, because while he does have good chemistry with Keith Lee, I, I don't know. And, and he had a decent ladder match there with uh, with Adam Cole. Um, I'm wondering if it's his dance partners more so than it is him. So, um, Could be. Could be. And I miss the uh, the street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. I, I think they're telling a, a good story here. Um, and I picked it up right when the match I was most excited about, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Um, this was what you expected it would be. Uh, terrific. Uh, Finn Balor picks up the win. Um with uh, his 1916 DDT rather than the uh, Coupe de Gras. I'm loving Finn and NXT. I think this was, without a doubt, the best thing that's happened to him. Um, I think it's probably going to wind up being him and Adam Cole. <coughs> Excuse me, at the uh, the takeover in Tampa. Uh, more on that in a moment. But um, w- w- what are your thoughts on, on Finn and NXT? I haven't got to see a lot of his work since he's moved back. Um, 
um, I think it's a better outlet for him, you know, because he's one of those that I think he got called up and, well, unfortunately, he got called up and got injured right, right off the bat. And, you know, I, I think that was a major setback on his progress. And But uh, he get, he's got to come back down. He's kind of refreshing himself and everything. Um, uh, is he still working heel? Yes. Yes. Okay. He, I, I was thinking he had, he had done the turn. Which, yeah. I mean, that, that in itself is a refresher, you know. Probably um, let him d- dig a little deeper into his repertoire. Yeah, and I, and I think um, – I think Bauer and Adam Cole will be straight fire, as uh, some of the kids say. So, um, <laughs> it, uh, plus, I'm I'm ready for uh, Adam Cole, Bebe, to uh, be on the main roster um, yep. and, and just get him up on my TV on Monday nights. Um, yep. uh, moving on, we got Bianca Belair, Ray Ripley. Um, good match. Uh, Bianca Belair, NXT does this funny thing because whenever Bianca Belair was feuding with Shayna, maybe a year ago ish, maybe not even that long. Um, but uh, Shayna disposed of her relatively quicker, quickly. And they've done a fantastic job of heating Bianca Belair back up. The Royal Rumble done her wonders. And yep. that that is just a credit to what the Royal Rumble can do. It can establish some people as, you know, like we discussed with, with her and Keith Lee and, and things like that. Like, oh, I remember this person. Okay, they done good in the Rumble. So, and I think she was one of these stars coming out of the Rumble. Uh, Ray Ripley picks up the win here. Uh, obviously, Charlotte attacks Ripley afterwards. Um, and uh, pretty much confirmed, I'll see you at WrestleMania. Um, do you think they would go the route of maybe doing a little switcheroo and putting – Charlotte Ray Ripley on the takeover the night before, or well, I guess it's the Friday before now. Or do you think they'll go ahead and leave it on the Mania card? Um, I don't know. Uh, you kind of want it to be on the Mania card, yeah. But depending on how many matches we have on the Mania card already, I could see them putting it on a takeover. Um, I don't know. I, I have an interesting take on this match about how I wish it would play out, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people won't agree with me on that one. But Go, go ahead. Uh, okay. I, I, I was brainstorming with this, okay. And I honestly – now, this is where I get, you know, a lot of the fans will probably be like, what? But I honestly – I want Charlotte to win. Mm. Reason being, reason being – is I see a better story. Okay, Rhea could beat her, and, you know, well, she just beat Charlotte. You know, that's huge. But in my head, what I'm writing in my head, and again, this is fantasy booking, you know. Yeah. If if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to jump online and be like, well, they should have done this, you know, or anything like that. Like that. I, I don't, you know, it's fine. I'm just fantasy booking in my head. If we have the match, Charlotte beats her, and, you know, Charlotte can, you know, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, you know, she'll give a big woo and all that. And then put Rhea on, like, the 
you know, hey, I want a rematch. You know, I want my shot back. And, of course, rematches aren't guaranteed right now. I believe yeah. they set that up like the tail end of last year or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, make it where he is just constantly trying to fight her way back to that belt. And then, like, I don't know if we can stretch it that long, but my, my in my head, let Rhea win the Rumble next year, guaranteeing mm. her shot against Charlotte, and then let Rhea beat her, give, giving her that redemption and that buildup. I know it's kind of almost playing off the Becky Oscar thing, you know, where they a year later they – but I think it would be a good storyline, having her trying to get that win back and then not only getting it back but winning the belt. Maybe that time – if they do uh, this year's on TakeOver, maybe that time that match can make it to the uh, main pay-per-view. And I don't know. I think it would be a good storyline. My only problem with it is I, I don't see how you can book Charlotte. I don't know how they're going to book Charlotte for that year, you know, with the they, she could, women's title. She could be dominant. Just True. She could be her dad in NXT. She True. could give everyone that, oh, oh, going to win, going to win. Nope. Um true i i I don't uh i don't disagree with that booking i I haven't looked at it quite like that so kudos i i wouldn't mind seeing that (laughs) um we got the uh, nxt tag team title match uh this was good but i'm still still just don't know about matt riddle i I really enjoy pete dunn i really like pete dunn um, but it just, I just don't know about Matt Riddle. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he, he's but, one of those, he's, he's really talented, but there's just something about him that irks me. And, and, yeah. and it could be, as we've established, the no wrist tape, no knee pads, no shoes. That could be it, but there's something about him that irks me. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And it's not a bad irk. It just, it kind of gets under my skin. And maybe it's the bro stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, um, the Broser weights, um, Riddle and Dunn, they, they defeated, uh, Undisputed Era. Like I said, good match. Um, and, uh, moving on, we had the NXT title match, Cole and Ciampa. This was, uh, this was good. This was very good. Um, the big story coming out of this is uh, Gargano cost Ciampa the match. Um, so now we get now we get the uh, the reignite, you know, the uh, the feud of the year, if you will, has been reignited um, with uh, Cole or uh, excuse me, uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Uh, so. That was a little bit of a shock. I, di- I didn't expect that uh, because I thought they had kind of just said, "All right, you know, we we had our battles, and now we're we're good. We we buried all that, but I, I guess not." So, um, shocking stuff there. Uh, I, I think I think Tampa has potential to be even better than this. The one thing I will say about NXT takeovers, I, I kind of somewhat dogged them a little bit about, um, you know, the spamming of the finishers and kickouts and everything. Yeah. Um, 
they're consistently they are probably the most consistent product in wrestling today. Not NXT necessarily the television product, but NXT takeovers. You know you're going to get a pretty darn good show. Um, they keep it tight with usually five or six matches. Um, and they always are a nice tidy three hours. Um, so that's that I do enjoy about them. So, uh, moving on, we've got raw and, uh, we had Orton and uh, sorry. Well, we did have Orton <laughs> later on. We did have Orton <laughs> later on. Um, as I was scrolling through this, uh, the the notes here, it uh, had uh, had Randy Orton, um, but. Uh, we we did we did have Orton come out, uh, and uh, I, I mean just long story short, just an attack on Matt Hardy. Um, I, I I've got mixed feelings about this. I, I thought it was it was pretty decent, but. I want to know. I want to know why Orton did what he did to Edge. I'm not minding him being a prick and attacking Edge and then attacking Hardy, who has ties to Edge. Okay, that's fine. Why are you doing this? There's still not been an explanation. And I know we've got time before we get to WrestleMania. And we've got um, Elimination Chamber and uh, the Super Showdown in there. So they might be waiting until after that to really kick up the heat on this build. But that, that's my only minor complaint. I thought this was a pretty good segment. Um, were you able to – I know you said you've seen some of Raw, but uh, did, did you see this? Yeah, I, I saw from the first of the show to – Natty and Kyrie, so I'm I'm pretty good on the first half. Uh, uh, I agree. We we've not really got a why. I, th- I think it'll come out later. I think that's one of those uh, we won't probably won't get an explanation until we actually see Edge back on the show a bit, and uh, then we'll Orton will, you know, be like, hey, I tried to get rid of you because of this, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Um, I'm I'm honestly again here's some just fantasy booking. I'm I'm expecting we'll get a similar situation with Christian. He'll show up. Uh, Orton will try to attack him, and that's when Edge will come back. You know, yeah. And he'll save Christian, and then then he'll build into the you know that way Christian gets to be on TV, and and it kind of makes sense, you know, and you know. Um, but uh, I, I'm digging it still. Uh, poor yeah. Matt Hardy. Orton pretty much just killed him. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Nobody come out to say. I heard I heard that online too. I lo- a lot. Some people were. Um, Saying why didn't anybody come out to save Matt Hardy? Did he not have any friends in the back or anything? And I, I can see that argument. You know, uh, somebody should have come out and saved him. But at the same time, if Orton just did that to Edge a couple weeks ago, and then he did this to Matt, you know, unless a, multiple people come out and save him, what's going to stop him from doing that to whoever tried to save Matt? 
So I can also see kind of that argument of as, as why nobody saved Matt Hardy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean that, and, and you know, and then you're then you're kind of getting into nitpicking and splitting hairs that he took he took a long time. This segment seemed like it was taking a while. Uh, <laughs> there was nobody that came out to uh, to help Hardy. So that that's you know that's kind of where that. But uh, but I I enjoyed it. Um, moving on, we got um, Alistair Black and Eric Rowan. Um, this was this was interesting because Alistair Black kind of I don't want to say squashed Eric Rowan. I mean he didn't, but um, this was impressive. So uh, I'm I'm hoping he continues his upward trajectory um it it really was um i want to see him see these two in a match again i really enjoyed yeah. this match for some reason just the them two together for some reason it I, there was some kind of chemistry out of there i don't know what it was but mm-hmm. um and uh black black just no sold the cage too you know he was like eh, there's that cage and just went on he i know what's in the cage but but i'm not going to tell you right now Okay. Okay. I have. We- I know what is in the cage, and I'm going to reveal it later in the podcast. All right. All right. So there we go. There's a little, a little inside scoop to keep you hanging around. So uh, we got uh, got Charlotte. <clears throat> Charlotte out next. Um, talking about uh, takeover, pointing to the sign. Pretty, just run, run of the mill stuff there uh 24 7 title uh riddick moss new champion um all righty um <laughs> uh then uh, women's elimination chamber um uh, drew <clears throat> a little plug for the women's elimination chamber then uh, Drew McIntyre's out. Uh, little little back and forth um, between him and Heyman before MVP comes out. Poor MVP, he's just getting getting Claymore kicked every week. Um, <laughs> the uh, replay of what happened between Becky and Shayna. Now, I know we missed a couple weeks here. We're gonna we're gonna recap this. We we didn't. Recap the week before this. So, uh, Becky and Shayna, which I'm I'm thinking once this really gets cooking, could be what they wanted Rhonda and Becky to be. Um, because I think Shayna's better at playing that role than Rhonda. But um, what did you think about the uh, Shayna Baszler's impression of Gangrel? So, <laughs> uh, uh, kind of come out of nowhere. Wasn't expecting that. Um, I, she's supposed to be a real, uh, bad butt. So, you know, I can understand maybe that's just her. No, no, you know, no pun intended, but making her mark, I guess, yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it was weird, but I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh... It was a little strange. Um, yeah. I know 
some people liked it, some people didn't. And then this week, you know, they dropped uh, the S word uh, and didn't bleep it out. That that was kind of that's kind of fun whenever they're able to do something like oh, like you know. So that was uh, you know kind of kind of neat there doing the little promo that they had back and forth. Um, so just more good build up there. Um, random tag team time with uh, Bobby Lashley <laughs> and uh, Angel Garza, Rusev and uh, Humberto. I mean, you know, it it was what it was. Uh, not a bad thing. Um, then uh, then we have Natalia. And Kari Sane, yet again, I mean, this just more build up to uh, the women's elimination chamber. Um, so Seth Rollins and uh, his little um, gang of buddies are out to uh, give us. I thought this. Um, this fell a little bit flat. Um, j- just to be honest, I, I, it wasn't terrible, but um, then uh, then we get, you know, uh, Kevin Owens comes out, drops him with a stunner as uh, prior to that, the Viking Raiders came out. Um I do while while the segment itself prior to the beatdown kind of fell flat. I, I am enjoying all the interchangeable stuff going on. That's why we need factions because yeah. you've got uh, some stuff splintered off with the Viking Raiders, Kevin Owens. Um, so so that's that's good. Uh, Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders. Um, Taking on AOP and Murphy, who's apparently just Murphy now. I don't know why they do that, but um, <laughs> um, but uh, I mean this this was a decent little match. Um, so <laughs> sorry, I just had a weird thought. His go, his, go his gimmick or his t shirt should should say he's no one's buddy anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Don't give him any ideas. Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> He's just Murphy. He's oh. not your buddy. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's um, but uh, wasn't wasn't a terrible week of Raw. But I, I really think with uh, Raw and SmackDown to a degree, we are we're kind of in a um a holding pattern until after super showdown elimination chamber, um, especially super showdown because I keep hearing some things. I don't want to, the Goldberg fiend match. I I think this has some legs. I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing that there could be a Reigns and Goldberg match at Mania. I, I'm hearing that there is strong possibility of that. 
I, I don't want to be Mr. Spoiler guy or whatever, but um, when that match was first announced, and I know we're kind of getting off the uh, the beaten path, getting into the weeds here, but uh, when that match was first announced, I thought, boy, that's interesting. And the more it's went on, I've kind of talked myself into I, I could totally see Spear versus Spear at Mania. Goldberg and Reigns is big time. That, that's a big time match. Yep. Um, but apparently, there's there's some serious talk that it could it could happen. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. I I, I don't know. Um, like I said, I don't want to get off in the weeds with the spoilers and rumors and innuendo, but. Uh, Anyhow, um, we've uh, we got NXT and AEW on Wednesday now. Um, kind of run through NXT briefly. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna stop you just for a second. I'm gonna stop, stop you for a second before we move on. I was wanting to get get to the end of Raw before I did this. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the Owens Cage thing now. But I wanted okay, I wanted ahead, yes. I wanted us to get through the show first. I know yes, exactly yes. what is in Owens Cage. And the reason I know is because they told us this week on the show, like words from the person's mouth. All right. I'm, I'm going to tell you who it is and then I'll explain why, why I think it's them. Who is in Rowan's cage is Shayna Baszler. <laughs> you see, a few weeks ago, <laughs> a few weeks ago, uh, somebody, uh, I think it was one of the jobbers that Rowan was wrestling uh, reached into the cage and, and and whatever it was bit that jobber, and then last <laughs> week <laughs> Shayna bit Becky. So that so there's a you know that's solid proof right there of it. But the 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 main proof this this was the uh, exclusive, and I don't think many people caught this was when Shayna interrupted Becky. She she got talking about the elimination chamber match, and the winner of that gets to wrestle Becky at Mania. <laughs> and Shayna says the line, and I quote, I even I wrote this down word for word. Shayna says the line, the elimination chamber is in a cage. You know where I come from. Right there. Right there. Little <laughs> <laughs> so mystery song. That's it. And, um, and a couple other little facts. Uh, Mojo Raleigh looked in the cage and was scared. I can understand Mojo Raleigh being scared of Shayna Baszler. Because, you know. Yeah. You know. And uh, that's why that uh, uh, Alistair Black walked around the uh, cage and just, he, he didn't want no part of Shane Baszler. So, you know, that's what it was. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with it. I, I will not uh, disagree with that. That's. You heard it here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. We got uh, NXT Cruiserweight match. Um, with uh, Jordan Devlin, Leo Rush, um, fun stuff as always. Um, Tommaso Ciampa uses Austin Theory as kind of a, a stepping stone to Gargano. Um, so that that was 
that was good uh, continuation of of what happened at Takeover. Um, sorry, had a had a run in from a cat there, <laughs> so uh, had to had to come check out what I was doing. So, anyways, uh, the uh, <clears throat> then the grizzled young veterans. Versus Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. I need to watch this show more often. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Grizzled Young Veterans pick up the win. Broserweights pick up the win over Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Just giving them some more steam. And when I was reading this review, I... uh, I thought this said Keanu Reeves at first, but it's Keanu Reeves. It's Keith Lee versus Keanu Reeves. Um, but uh, Keith Lee just continuing his dominance. Chelsea Green, uh, Caden Carter. Uh, then Velveteen, Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. What? Um, what's your thoughts on Velveteen Dream? Um, I don't. I I don't. I've heard a lot of people say they want him on the main roster. Like you know, there's well, like anybody, they start to make uh, waves there, and they want him. But he's one that I think I, that needs to stick in NXT for a while. Not not saying he's not seasoned enough, but mm-hmm. he he seems to be on a roll. Like as far as the uh, fan base and everything. So I don't. I don't know. I'd, I'd leave him there. Um, he's um, what I've seen of this the current thing, it kind of gives you that whole Jake Roberts and uh, Rick Rude vibe with the tights and mm-hmm. his family and all that. Um, but I don't know. I, I want to see more of, this, of him. I've, I've not seen a whole lot. So, I liked him on uh, what he was on one of the tough enoughs, wasn't he? Yeah. I, he was like my yeah. pick to win that one. So, so it's cool to see him actually coming up and Finding him a character and finding him a outlet, and and I think it's one of the more unique characters in in wrestling today. It's um, it does have a little bit of uh, some Rick Rude stuff. It's not um, it, it it's not. You know, I feel like if this character was back in the Attitude Era, we, we probably would have seen some risque stuff. It's not like a gold dust uh, where there's like blurred lines or anything like that. But um, it's just a, it's just a really unique character, um, and we'll get to that point here in in, in a bit on characters and. And uh, things like that. So, moving on to uh, AEW. And they were uh, from the State Farm Arena in Atlanta. I, I really want to know the attendance on this show. And, I, and I, look, I know I don't want to get be that guy that gets into ratings and attendance. And that's the be-all, end-all. But this looked like a good crowd. Um, I mean, that's a big arena. That's like a 20,000-seat arena or not. I know it wasn't sold out, but this this looked like a Raw or a SmackDown. This looked like a legit show. Um, 
so uh, kind of run through this. And, and first, let me ask how much of uh, this have you seen or heard about from Wednesday? Uh, I intended to go back and watch this, and I don't know what happened. Um, it was coming on Wednesday night right about the time we were going to bed, so I saw a little bit of the um, the opening and the tag team battle roll. And then I've seen mm-hmm. a little clips from Cody's cage match, and that's about and, uh, gotcha. and the it, clip you it, sent me, the aftermath clip, where uh, he, he yeah. uh, talked to the Atlanta crowd. Yeah, um, and and we'll get to that uh, in a in a minute. And I have a, I have a theory on something there. Um, so. This tag team battle royal was fun, uh, just chaos. Uh, a lot of people kind of complain about AEW's tag team matches because it's you, you got your Jim Cornettes of the world who's like, well, they, they don't have the tag rope, they just slap them on the back and come in the ring. And it, it is a bit chaotic at times, it's way more lucha libre. Um, I don't think it makes it unwatchable. To me, they've had some good tag team matches for sure. Um, as much as I love Arn and Tully, everything cannot be Arn and Tully. But I think when the revival eventually go to AEW, I think that will make them that much more over. Um, when they kind of do become that Arn and Tully and technicians. So uh, the one big takeaway from this tag team battle royal was the super kick. I think it was Matt Jackson. Uh I get the young bucks confused, um, but uh, that uh, he hits on Sammy Guevara. Uh, go out of your way if you can find this super kick. It was reminiscent of uh, of uh, the Shelton Benjamin HBK spot from uh, many years ago, yeah. but I, I, it was he kicked the crap yeah, out that- of him. It was that great. was what I thought about when I saw it. I was like, "Well, that that's cool. That's not- okay, okay. Yeah, that that was that was a great spot. Um, Sammy Guevara is I I really enjoy Sammy Guevara. He is a uh, he's a star in the making. Jr. says he reminds him of a of a young Eddie Guerrero. I could I could see that a little bit. He's he's got some charisma. Um. Shanna, uh, not Shanna, but Shanna, uh, versus the galaxy's greatest alien, Chris Statlander. I'm not sure what I think about that, but uh, I do like Chris Statlander. Uh, I, I do like Chris Statlander quite a bit. Um, Decent little match there. Then we get Nyla Rose. Um, this was a good promo by Nyla Rose. She got fired up and uh, cut, cut a good promo. Um, and we had uh, <clears throat> we had a couple couple people come out. Um, Big Swole. And Chris Statlander come out, and, and I, I've said before on here, I, I like Big Swole. Um, so, you know, maybe they're they're going to move away from Rio 
I'm not sure. I, I don't not like Rio, but I, I wasn't really a fan. Uh, she, she's decent in the ring and everything, but uh, just, I don't know, not my cup of tea, yeah, I guess. Uh, um, I was the same. I didn't really – I'm I'm still the uh, the thing they're, they're they're building this women's division, so I, I'm not really latched on to anybody specifically. But uh, yeah, I wasn't feeling Rio. Um, John Moxley, Jeff Cobb, uh, pretty good match here. Um, obviously Moxley's going to pick up the win. Jeff Cobb, first time I've laid eyes on him, he uh, apparently has a big following from New Japan. Uh, and this is why we need our buddy Will on here, uh, because I know he follows more New Japan than than uh, you or I do. And uh, maybe we could bring him in for like uh, every other week or something for like a, a, a New Japan minute or something, <laughs> something like that. Um, but uh, no, I, I enjoyed what I seen from uh, Jeff Cobb here. Taz got on commentary. That was that was great. Um, and. Uh, Supposedly they're working on signing Jeff Cobb and working on a deal where he can still work in New Japan. So hopefully, hopefully that uh, that works out. Um, then we had a uh, pretty pretty good tag team title match um, between Hangman and uh, Omega versus the Lucha Brothers. This was this was some good stuff. Uh, yeah, it got a little a little flippy. Uh, as I told you before we started recording, I've been listening to Jim Cornette this week, and if I can kind of cut between some of the stuff he says and doesn't, and I don't agree with, I do find some good points. But one of the things he just, I think he's just a big heel against Kenny Omega and uh, basically the majority of AEW, except for Cody and Jericho. But, of course, you know, he kind of, uh, gave this one down the road uh, and just said it was a bunch of flippy dippy stuff. Uh, he enjoys Adam Page, uh, as do I, but I did. I, I thought this was a good match. Um, I, I, so uh, I gotta say that uh, it's funny because uh, Page is like my standout for AW, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I, I was just sitting there thinking about that as you're saying it. I, I really like Page for some reason, and I don't. Omega and the Bucks to me, I think it's where I've I've heard so much about them before I got to see them. Have you ever have you ever had something yeah. like that where, uh, yeah, like, uh, whether it's wrestling or uh, bands are the same way, music bands. Uh, like if you hear enough people, you know, oh, they're the greatest, they're the best. You got to watch them; they're the best. And by the time you get to see them, you've heard so much about them, you're kind of tired of them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it. Uh... The the hype has has not quite uh, lived up to what you're laying your eyes yeah, on. But next something along those. But but ne- but now next week we are getting, and, and I'm excited about this. It's amazing how with a pay per view coming up, we've had we're going to have two weeks in a row where I'm genuinely excited for a match, like I was with the cage match this last week. Next week, Kenny Omega and Pac are in a 30 minute Iron Man match. I think maybe this is the match that we can finally see big match Kenny as he's called come out. Like some people dispute if the match with Moxley 
it, you know, some people love that. Some people hated it. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, it, it, you know, I, 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 I think what people are wanting to see from Kenny Omega is just this next week, you know, let's see something Omega Okada esque, like a, a good wrestling match. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what we see with him and pot. Um, so, and we get Omega and hangman versus the young bucks for the AEW tag team titles. Um, that should be pretty fun. And uh, finally, we get this steel cage match. I have one complaint with this. One complaint. I thought it felt rushed. I granted it's a TV match. I get that. But um, it only went like 10 or 12 minutes. Now, granted, I'm, I'm somewhat splitting hairs here. I was hoping it would go somewhere in the just 15 to 20 minute range. Um, you know, I don't know if you could have cut something else just a little bit short. And then, but then you may have had people saying, well, Cody wanted more time. So it's one of those catch 22 situations. But that, that was my only complaint. Outside of that, I thought this was, it served its purpose. Um, Wardlow. Even in defeat, looked good. He did a senton. He did a senton splash, uh, and looked athletic. Um, looked physically imposing. Uh, so I thought he looked good, even in defeat. Um, obviously, the big thing that's going to be on the video packages for AEW in the coming months and years is the moon salt off the top of the cage. Um, Thought that was that was pretty good. What I liked about that moonsault is, and I don't know if it was just Cody's sense of television, but he did not waste any time. He sometimes, you know, they'll look back and they'll look, you know, and kind of hop it up. He looked up to the top of the cage, climbed up, and just done it. There was no stalling. There was just done it, and I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I thought uh, it, it was just real impressive. I saw a clip on uh, I think it's Twitter. It was a fan fans view of it where they had recorded on their phone, mm-hmm. and, and I liked that view even better than the the AEW TV view because I guess where they were yeah. down lower, you could see them come down kind of, and uh, it, it looked yeah. good. Uh, I like this cage too. I, I I like this cage. It came all the way down past the aprons. They they kind of played into a little bit of the match. Um, as Cody kind of had his feet on, he was hanging upside down with his feet hanging on the top rope, and Wardlow kind of banged his uh, body against the cage. It's a uh, fairly unique cage. I liked it. It looked bigger than a WWE cage. Um so I'm I'm hoping we see more of this. Yeah, I, I kind of like um, the, the scaffolding, like against the corners. Yep, kind of come up on the corners and then I, I kind of like that. Yeah, it uh, good stuff. Uh, and obviously the the I, I said I wanted to get to this. We got the post uh, post cage match interview, um, with uh, Cody that I sent you, and it was 
pretty emotional. Kind of, kind of got me in the feels, you know, about talking about how Atlanta was always great to Dusty and everything. Um, so, if you've not seen it, go out of your way to watch it. Uh, my my theory, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but I think once Jericho kind of steps aside as the top heel. I think Cody will ascend that mantle. Um, it is so hard to hate Cody right now because he is—he's the guy who's given us this essentially. Him and obviously Tony Khan, but uh, I think there, there's an old saying: um, the hotter the baby face, the hotter the heel. Look at Hogan. Um, so. And obviously, when uh, Cody first got on the independent circuit and kind of started this this rise to, to prominence, he uh, he was a heel, um, and, and I think he certainly got it in him. And and I think he would be easy, as much as he is so well liked, and you can't help but like him. And maybe I'm maybe I'm off base. Maybe it'll be MJF, but something tells me just watching just this pure white meat. He, he's the best baby face in pro wrestling right now, bar none. I mean, there is no argument. Um, but just watching him, and he's so darn good. I just feel like, man, when this guy turns heel. Oh my goodness! It's going to be absolute money. Yeah, he, he's um, got a lot of charisma behind him, like just the way he talks and stuff. And I, I think it'll really shine yeah. when he makes that turn. And, and I don't know who the baby face would be. He would go up against something I missed here, and I want to go back. So after the Moxley Jeff Cobb match, um, Darby Allen made his return. Uh, now they did the lights out thing. They, they, they cut the lights out and then they hit Darby Allen's music. Love Darby Allen's music, by the way. That's one of the few AEW musics that actually stand out. Um, wasn't a fan of the whole lights out thing. I, I thought that was a little overkill, but when he came out on the stage, that was a pop. They have made this kid a star and, I think talking about unique characters in the business, Velveteen Dreams one, obviously, but I think Darby Allen is, is pretty cool. Um, he do, he's got this kind of gothy thing going, but it's it's not it, skater goth type thing, Jeff Hardy ish, Daredevil. It's it's a really cool little deal, um, and and they have made him into a star. Him and Sammy Guevara, I think, are gonna have a match at uh, Revolution. I'm excited about that match. Those are two guys when back on October 1st, I think it was, yeah, October 1st, whenever Dynamite kicked off, you got Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. Okay, who? You know, and I knew a little bit about Darby Allen from his match with Cody. I think it was at a Fight for the Fallen. But um, these two guys were relative unknowns. Uh, fast forward, four or five months that those two guys were legit, you know, not really household names, but stars 
and probably not too far away from being even an upper level, but um, good stuff there. I, I like me some Darby Allen. Um, so moving on to SmackDown, which I don't think either one of us have seen. Nope. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, the Usos came out, um, and, uh, you know, look, looking like, um, they're going to kind of get involved with this, uh, new day, Miz and Morrison, stuff going on here. Um, and we set up a, uh, an eight man match with, uh, Usos, New Day, Ziggler, Rude, Miz and Morrison, um, with, uh, the Usos, New Day getting, getting the victory. Um, Daniel Bryan, uh, interacting with Drew Gulak, uh, who uh, presented Brian with a PowerPoint presentation. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, about some holes in his game, uh, hoping they can find something for Brian. Maybe, maybe him and Cena have a match. I don't know. Um, but, uh, Lacey Evans having an interview with Renee Young. And I'm really just um, zooming through this. Uh, like I said, for the sheer fact that just haven't haven't seen it. Um, but uh, the Bella Twins apparently are going in the Hall of Fame. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to say... Look, I'm talking about household names. I think whether or not, I don't know what you classify. You get into a gray area on who should, shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, so on and so forth. Um, And I think the Bella Twins kind of did become some household names. Yeah. and you know, from from obviously their time in the ring to their their reality shows, I, I think they kind of transcended a little bit. So you know, I, I don't disagree with it. Um, so yeah, I look at it as uh, the Hall of Fame is for more than just uh, your top main event guys. The way they've got the Hall of Fame established is like it's for people who have entertained. You know, enter, entertained yeah. and inspired. Um, I was kind of of the, you know, well, why are they putting this guy in at one point? And I think it's the Bushwhackers that really changed my mind because the Bushwhackers were, they were like, you know, kind of a comedy team. Everybody knew them, but they never really had that tag title run. They never had like, you know, huge build up mania match type moments, you know, but everybody knew mm-hmm. them and they were fun to watch and seeing them get their induction. They, you could tell they enjoyed being there and having that moment and having what their contribution to the business being memorized or memorialized, you know. And that changed my mind right there. I was like, you know, okay, I'm I'm fine with 
anybody as long you know if they've entertained and inspired put them in because i mean your your hall of fame class has to have it's got to be it's almost like booking a wrestling show you need a main eventer you got to have the women's division you got to have like a tag team you know and you got to have some lower card guys for the whole show to work out how it should and that's kind of how i look at the hall of fame i you know it's it's wrestling (laughs) you know it's not yeah, you know, and we'll kind of get in. I think this almost kind of plays into something me and you are wanting to talk about later. Uh, it's not all about the uh, main event or the big match or whatever. It's it's all encompassing. There's so much that draws eyes, and uh, uh, again, we'll go back to that word entertain. You know, entertain and inspire. And I, I like you said, they they transcended their ha- were household names. Um, I, I say they burned their spot. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, uh, moving on, a couple more quick kicks here. We got Sheamus. He's going to be in the Elimination Chamber. Um, Naomi is the number one contender for the women's title. Um, then uh, Goldberg and uh, – and, and the fiends uh, had a little interaction. Goldberg speared him. Um, and uh, yet again, man, I'm, I'm, it was random. It was so random for them just to we're gonna have Goldberg. Now Goldberg versus the fiend. Like I get, I get the, uh, the Saudis like their legends. And I could be reading reading too much into this, but I'm kind of thinking maybe Goldberg's going to do it. A lot of people won't like that, but I think it would be if you don't want people to turn on Roman Reigns again, and, and they're 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 kind of in a spot where people's like, all right, you know, Roman's Roman's okay. I think. If you have Goldberg beat the Fiend, yeah, people are going to be upset. Then Roman beats Goldberg. I think everyone is expecting Roman to be the one to topple the Fiend. Um, so I, I think it would take some heat off of Roman to beat Goldberg rather than the Fiend. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Um, and plus, we've got. Uh, we got John Cena coming back here at the end of the month. We don't know what he's doing at Mania. Uh, him and the Fiend could be pretty interesting. Um, True. So, well, is uh, when is when's the uh, Super Showdown and when's Cena coming back? Do they line up possibly to uh, next Thursday is the Super Showdown. Next Friday is uh, Cena coming back to SmackDown. So, so it could. <laughs> uh, you yeah. get Reigns winning, and then the Fiend attacking Cena on SmackDown, and yeah, I, I'd go for it. I, I I I like the sound of that. Yeah, there's there's so, another Mania match in my mind for Cena, but it, but I like yours better. <laughs> okay, uh, what what is, what is yours? Well, mine mine's not going to happen because it's too, it's they're on two different shows. Uh, but. As much as everybody's loving our truth right now, and he's in, you know he's he's being funny, he's making John Cena references every now and then. 
I say give him his mania moment and have him and Cena. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. Um, but I, I like yours better. I think uh, uh, I'd like to see uh, Fiend and Cena. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So and I, obviously there's Baron Corbin that could be an easy, easy little match for Cena. And and who knows if Cena's even going to have a match? He could be at that status where, kind of like The Rock, where he has to like not be filming anything for six, seven months before he can have a match. I don't know. True, true. Um, so so we got the that all covered. Um, something I want to get into. Um, then obviously we'll get into uh, this weekend or day in uh, wrestling history. So, you know, you were uh, kind of texting. We we're, were texting back and forth yesterday, and uh, you, you'd watch some videos about five-star matches and so on and so forth. And um, you, you really got me to thinking uh, about because, – because you very eloquently put, uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, you know – wrestling is about character and story. And, and, and I think people have become too, or, or you, you basically said people have become too uh, wrapped up in the, the match aspect, I guess you would say. And, and the character and the story has at some point gotten lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to me, I think that is I think that is one of uh NXT's minor drawbacks. I, I'm not saying they don't have any stories because obviously Champa and uh, Gargano is, is a beautifully told story. But um you know they they have Forty-minute matches and eighty-seven finisher kickouts and so on and so forth. And uh, okay, the great matches, some of the best on you know in the world. But also, there's a little lack of story. Now you have the other end of the spectrum uh, with uh, AEW and uh, WWE. Well, well, we'll say WWE first because I think they've got. Um, They've got characters, uh, not not as much as the mid nineties, but you know they've got characters and uh, and gimmicks and entertainment value and, and stories. But uh, sometimes the wrestling is a little lackluster. Um, yep. And you know, with AEW, I think they're still finding their footing. Uh, I, I think they want to give people. NXT level matches every week, but they, you know, so I mean, they've only got two hours and they're also trying to establish characters and uh, stories. But uh, yeah, I think, I think you hit on a, on a terrific point that uh, we, we as wrestling fans, and, and I'm not necessarily saying you or me or, or even our buddy Will, I, I think he, he, uh, can appreciate what we're discussing here too is the reason we can go back and watch stuff from 
The reason I can throw on a 1992 May edition of WWF Superstars is because it is entertaining. Obviously, there's a childhood connection, but there were characters. There were stories. The, the old saying is it's a male soap opera. Yeah, and, and that's kind of a derogatory comment to wrestling fans. But at the end of the day, would the Avengers be as big? It would, would, would the Avengers be as big if there wasn't? Yeah, it's it's got special effects and explosions and all this stuff. But there was also a 10-year story built yeah. in to that that connected across movies. Now, granted, I know it was in comics first, but I'm just, you know, that that's the biggest pop culture thing. One of the biggest pop culture things in the past 10 years, just as an example, there was there was a 10-year story built in there, and people would become emotionally invested in, in these characters. And the same applies to wrestling. I think... Society wants everything instantaneous. We don't have time anymore to the slow burn, the slow build. Everything's going to be like, well, he's got to turn now. She's got to turn now. Or we got to have this match now. We can't wait for next year at WrestleMania. We got to have it now. And I don't... You know, to me, one of the last times that happened, and it was really special. And I may be missing something here. And I, and I know New Japan has done some really cool stuff and, and everything. But uh, just strictly speaking on American soil, like Cena and Rock, that was a year-long build. Yep. They made us wait for that. There's a reason that broke some pay-per-view buy rates. And it was so huge. So... I'll, I'll uh, let you kind of chime in here and because I feel like I'm getting into rambling territory. So <laughs> my, 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 my coffee's kicking in. I'm getting up on a soapbox. I'll let you chime in for, for a moment here. Well, you, you made some good <laughs> points. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address one of your direct points, actually, before moving on to another point I was thinking. Uh, you mentioned the Avengers. And that is almost a great that, – that's a better – uh, analogy than you could have th- even thought of because you mentioned that about the movies and you said I know it happened in the comics first but you're covering the movies that in itself is like an argument online uh, a lot of times you'll catch somebody that uh, reads the comics <coughs> or has read the comics and they'll you, you get this kind of feel like when they make a statement that they're kind of well I, I read the source material you know I'm you know yeah. and they'll kind of cut down the the ones who are just watching the movies or, or watch the movies and got brought in that in itself that's you know, I'm looking at it. Okay, the matches are like the comics. You yeah. know, it, wrestling has matches, and and if it didn't have matches, there would be no point in it. You know, you you got these good, and you got the the actual one on one matches, tag match, whatever, and and we're gonna use that as that's your your great matches. You know, the the we'll use uh, Cole and Gargano. You know, yeah, put on a great match. We're gonna use them as our just as our example. But your movies, I think, would fill along the lines of your entertainment, your um, your characters, your personalities. You yeah. know, uh, they're they're the characters, personalities, and they're involved in matches, and they're getting eyes on the uh, product. 
that might not have been on the product if it was just in the comics. You understand how I'm going from? Yeah, that, does that make sense? No. So, yeah, it does. It does. When you said Avengers, it just clicked in my head. I was like, "Well, that is perfect. That's uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen that perfectly in, in like comic uh, um, groups on Facebook. People talking, and you kind of get that vibe where they're like, "Oh, well, you just watch the movies, you know." I'm I'm uh, watching the comics, and and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know it. Sometimes it takes the a different a different outlet to pull different people in, and then they can become a fan of the comics. And that's kind of actually using our uh, analogy there, that's uh, actually kind of perfect to what we were talking about. Um, uh, the quote that got me thinking about this was, uh, good matches don't draw casuals. Uh, personality mm-hmm. and story draw casuals. Yep. And uh, I think what I, what I said to you last night was along the lines of, uh, we all started out as casual fans. Um, there was something that we saw that hooked us. Uh, and 99 percent sure that what we saw wasn't you know two guys putting on a barn burner uh five-star classic match what we saw was more personality and story and that's what pulled us in um in the 80s you know you probably well prime example was hogan you know you you saw hogan out there being the hero uh you saw the warrior as a larger than life superhero you know he straight out of the comics uh yeah um the road warriors just tearing through somebody you know um if you move on to, to the attitude area you had austin and dx like kind of like going against authority you know they they uh kind of paved their own path or whatever or you had the rock he was a larger than life personality and and um even into the ruthless aggression era you know cena you know they always talk you know he had he had five moves of doom you know when they kind of get derogatory about him but his uh his personality and his character was huge and yeah. he transcended and, and he brought eyes to the product. And I think that's it. You know, I mean, I love a good match just as good as anybody. Um, but I feel that we need that entertainment, that, that side of the product to bring those in. Um, um, I, I, was, I was going good. And my train, train of thought just kind of dig else for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, we, um, yeah, we need those though. Uh, like we're in a time now where, um, you know, people talk about Raw's ratings, SmackDown's ratings, all the ratings were down this week, you know, and and they make it a point to point stuff like that out. And you shouldn't be pointing that out. You should be hoping that it's it has a turnaround. Uh, I think um, I think NXT is kind of drawn to that hardcore fan base. You know, it's kind of booked toward them. Uh, but your main roster is more of a, you know, it's more for casual. And that's where you're going to get your your non wrestling fans brought in to the fold. And once they yeah. get here, you know, just like us, like I said, we all get all ninety nine percent sure we've all come in as casuals, but we learn to appreciate a good match. And that's what will happen with the the next bunch of fans. You know, they've got to find something that hooks them and get get brought in. And then while they're here, you know, oh, well, that was a really good match. You know, and then they'll start to build on that. Um, I, I'm bouncing all over here, but. Uh, it's like uh, me growing up. My favorite was the Warrior. Mm-hmm. Well, Warrior Warrior's not known for good matches. I mean, granted, his Hogan match at Mania and Savage match at Mania are, are pretty good matches, but they're not, you know, classics. They're not well, they're classic. You, you know what I'm trying to say? They're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they're not Flair, Steamboat, Omega, Okada, like. Yeah, yeah, they're not a lot of those. Tokyo Dome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
but they're uh, uh, he's he's more of a personality and a character and and eye catching, you know, of mm. just like I said, he was straight out of a comic book almost. And as I was, you know, I can, continued to be a wrestling fan, and eventually my favorite ended up being Shawn Michaels, which Shawn mm-hmm. might be a bad example because Shawn has got personality and character and can go in the ring, you know, and have a great match. Yeah. But, you know, I started with the Warrior because he caught my eye. And then, you know, then I learned to appreciate, you know, oh, well, these guys are having this great matchup, you know. So I think that's what a lot of casual fans, we, we need more personality and, and I don't know, something, something to bring them in, something to hook them. And, and that's something that I'm hoping, you know, AEW, I think, is uh, they're kind of on um, – they're they're real similar to NXT in the fact that I think they target the hardcore fan base, but I think they're working. I mean, they got Jericho as their main guy, and nobody has more personality and character than Jericho. Yeah, you know. And as yeah. you used to point out, Kobe's going to be a huge heel when he turns uh, when he eventually makes his turn because you know he's got that charisma and stuff like that, and and uh, Darby Allen and a cool different alternative character coming up, and uh, so you know I, I think they target more of the uh, hardcore. NXT type, uh, that type fan base. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking they're working, they're building to get more of that that would appeal to casuals too. And I, I think that'll be a key component in them if they can find the right people to to really convey that personality and stuff and, uh, you know, start getting the eyes on the product that aren't already on the product. That's where, you know, that's where it's going to start cooking. That's where something big is going to happen. And I don't know, I've been rambling on for a while, and I'm I'm going to be quiet and let you talk. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 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 good. At, I, I mean, it's, it's like I said. I mean, I, I think I, I do. I think sometimes it, it, it there is a bit of like a, a, an elitist attitude on uh, some of these, you know, performances. And, and and look, I'm not knocking any of the. Uh, the 45, 60 minute classics that, that some of the new Japan guys put on or, 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 you know, Gargano and Cole or the, you know, kicking out of 85 finishers. I mean, that has its place that does. Um, but I, I, I think we're, you know, it, it, it kind of gets over into uh, the, the elitist thing is I think people just, want to focus on that and we kind of get uh we kind of work ourselves into a shoot brother and we think we know more than we know uh well his work rate isn't that good we all kind of want to we all kind of want to talk a little bit like Meltzer and kind of want to talk a little bit like we're backstage and and think we know what what is good and what isn't and, and look, some people, we're all fans. We've all seen, we know what's good. We know what isn't. But I think sometimes we kind of lose track and think, you know, we, we see something goofy or, or we see something that is entertaining and we just, well, that was dumb. And, and we kind of like block it out. We don't allow ourselves. And I'm not saying you and I specifically, I'm just saying wrestling fans in general, but. We, we don't allow ourselves to to be kind of swept up in the moment. Uh, and, and that's some blame on the fans, and sometimes it's blame on uh, the product itself. 
I mean, you take Kofi Mania last year. That was kind of an organic thing. Um, um, the, the Daniel Bryan deal from my WrestleMania 30. Uh, sometimes a, a story kind of unfolds and happens organically, and we kind of get swept up in it. And, and we just we don't care about any kind of five star classic. We just want to see how the story ends. Now, like I said, some some is on the blame of the fans for how they've kind of become over the past ten to fifteen years. But some is kind of blame on um, the companies or, or whatever because maybe they do need to tell better stories at times and allow things to breathe instead of trying to jam pack everything. So, uh, but yeah, I think, um, I mean, that's to quote Forrest Gump. That's all I've got to say about that. So, <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to throw a little bit more in there too. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, we'll see something and think it's kind of, well, that's kind of goofy or something like that. Uh, just last week, uh, Shayna biting Becky. Uh, it's something yep. that I saw and I was kind of like, eh, you know, but there could be a what if there's a casual fan out there that for some reason you know just happened to be watching her all and saw that and was like oh my gosh you know this what is going on here and and it caused them to tune in this week you know right it's right you know what what's good for one might not be you know might what or what isn't good for one might be good for another one you know and uh, I don't know that uh, that that just popped in my head with that um, and also uh, you you kind of mentioned. Uh, uh, we we try to put ourselves behind the scenes or something like that or and um i don't i don't know i watch wrestling in the sense of i i only want to go as far behind the scenes as they want me to go i don't yeah. want to know everything uh there's times i get mad like and i don't search out stuff that much uh i have some uh, gr- uh, groups and uh pages that i follow on uh, facebook that uh you know like they're always talking about wrestling news and this and that and and so, you know, like I said, I don't actively search out a lot of information because I just want to watch and enjoy. And uh, yeah. there's times I'll get mad when they tr- not not necessarily a, a full on spoiler, but when they like there's a um, somebody leaked out a what they think the whole WrestleMania card is going to be, and it's not well, it's not what they think. It it was a a unofficial leaked out document, which I think was a fake document. Punk uh, mm-hmm. Punk leaked. Uh, he showed a picture of a WrestleMania call sheet. Uh, from the year that he was going to be uh, the year that he left, and it shows mm-hmm. like what he he was going to be wrestling Hunter on the show. And since then, the people have been like taking that call sheet and like retyping, you know, like doctoring it up, photoshopping it, and having it saying. So there was one leaked out on Mania, and it may be the actual card. It may not be. I don't know. But you know, I saw it, and there's a couple of things I saw on there, and I'm like, I'm I'm kind of irritated. And it's not with the card itself; it's the fact that why can't we just watch and let it unfold? Yeah, you know these guys have got to be like, well, this is going to happen, and and it, you know, I want, I just want to see it unfold in front of my eyes, not hear about it online and then see it unfold. Yeah, I think, I think too. But real quick to to that point, uh, I think too. Sometimes, um, I, I'm of a firm belief that while kayfabe has been dead for a while. Uh, I almost want to think that sometimes they use some of this backstage stuff to continue to work us. Um, because not everything you read 
not everything you hear is going to happen. So I think sometimes they kind of send us a swerve. Uh, well, Meltzer said that, you know, Punk's going to win the Rumble and then he's going to fight so-and-so at Mania. It, you know, so sometimes they kind of still swerve us and still work us. So um, I take a lot of that that stuff with a grain of salt. So yeah, go continue on. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's uh, that I actually – I think it's smart if they do something like that. They they leak out yeah. some fake info or something, and you know. Um, um, but now that, like I said, I, I don't I don't search out that. There was a time where I was like, you know, oh, let's go to the wrestling site and see what they're reporting today and this and that. But yeah, I don't I don't want that. I want to just watch it unfold and be surprised when something happens. And now I don't mind hearing that. Oh, you know, um, well, like you know, Edge is cleared to wrestle. You know, so he might come back. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I, don't, I don't mind hearing that. So that that that's good news. Yeah. Or uh, even in in the sense of uh, well, before Punk did the backstage thing, you know, it leaked out that you know, well, they're in talks with Punk to do the backstage thing. That's okay too. You know, I don't mind you know knowing that they're on speaking terms and that you know something might come of it. But like when they leak out, oh well, you know, this is the match that's going to happen. You know, let it unfold. Uh, I think a yeah. lot of times that's a that's where a lot of the complaints come on. You you see it leaked online. And then by the time it actually happens, it's like, well, that was too predictable. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's predictable. Yeah. You just read it, buddy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on a soapbox this morning, but uh, I don't know. Um, and and uh, like you did mention, the uh, n- not taking anything away from, like, uh, the great matches and, like, the uh, the New Japan stuff. Uh, I'm not guessing yeah. any of that. Or or, or the, the fans of that. I'm just – there's a section no. of the fans that like something like that. And then kind of run down the entertainment side of it, and exactly. that's, that section of the fans—that's that, where I'm. You know, you need that entertainment. I mean, um, it, it's it's a part of it, and uh, mm-hmm. you can't have. I mean, yeah, you can have it without the entertainment side and that personality and story side. But if you want this business to expand and you want it to be bigger and you want, you know, a boom period. Then you need stuff like that, and and I'm not saying all the entertainment stuff is good either. Um, you know, there's there is some stinkers that they throw at us, you know, and mm. but and there's stuff that I think might be a stinker that might not be, you know. But right, you gotta gotta be open for to see some of that, and I, I know you get my point, and and yes, but I'm I'm just reiterating, I guess. I don't know. Uh, this is a lot of what the our podcast is founded on, you know, just giving stuff a chance, letting it letting it happen, letting it. Just watching and enjoying. That's, I think that sums up pretty much our uh, mantra, I guess. We're just watching exactly. and enjoy. Exactly. If you don't like it, enjoy the next segment. If you don't like that, enjoy the next segment. You know, that, that's, and, and if you don't like about that, just, you don't have to watch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so with all that being said, uh, m- moving on. Uh, do you have anything for this day in wrestling history? Oh, I do got some stuff. Uh, I was looking at it this morning. Uh, before I go do that, I wanted to uh, I want to throw a shout out to the guys at TBW Wrestling. Uh, there's some local guys that that do a show up here, and uh, uh, you you can see their stuff. They're they're passionate about what they do, and I just wanted to give a shout out to them. And you know, hop online, Facebook, and YouTube, check them out. Yeah, and uh, maybe we could get one of them on, some of them on here uh, before. Uh, 
before one of their shows or if they just want to hop on sometime and uh, just talk some good old wrestling, it'd be fine too. So Sounds good. Yep. All right. So we're going to do a little Today in Wrestling History. Uh, got a nice chunk of stuff today. Uh, Ooh. Starting off starting off in 1990, uh, we had Hogan versus Savage in the main event. This was like leading into the uh, uh, WrestleMania 6. Um, this was, was the this one so... where it was oh, – go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, you, you... <laughs> yep. I think you were going where I was going. Uh, this is the yep. one it was going to be Mike Tyson as the official. And then James Buster Douglas uh, defeated him for the boxing championship, so they switched yep. it on us. And yep, so uh, pretty big event. I think it, I'm sure it's on the network. Uh, I've not pulled it up, but I'm pretty sure it's on there. If not, it's on uh, uh, one of the Macho Man DVDs. If you happen to have that one, um, I, uh, I I recently uh, uh, Preacher's podcast they done a the uh, Rumble 1990, and uh, they talked about. You know, obviously back then they didn't have uh, cell phones, internet, and everything. And uh, somebody called him and was like, you know, Tyson lost. They booked all this beforehand, before the fight. And they had to, like, within a matter of, like, a few days, had to, like, get a hold of Douglas's representatives and just, like, swapped it around because it was like, well, crap. You know, now we got the loser, so that's not as big. <laughs> True. And think so, about that too. Um, Tyson's a big wrestling fan, you know. Yep. As we found out later on, when he actually got to make it to the WWE, think about that. He was probably pretty psyched about getting to be on there. And yep. then, not only did he lose his championship, but like shortly after, he doesn't get to be on wrestling. I, I bet he was bummed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was big news back then too. I, I don't, I don't know a lot of boxing history, but that's like the first thing that I ever remember sticking out was that that. Uh, Tyson lost to James Buster Douglas. Oh, well, funny thing. Uh, I, I was reading uh, this morning, um, or actually late last night, something like that. Uh, Tyson Fury is the new world heavyweight champion. So Weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if they're going to try to get him back uh, for WrestleMania, because how big time would that be? True. To, to, he's already been associated with him just a few months prior. Oh, you're the new world champion, pal. Well, come on down to WrestleMania. Yeah, we so, definitely want you on there now. <laughs> again, so again, there you go. Per, uh, story, personality, uh, you know, it'll draw eyes. That, you know. And this Sorry. guy, th- this guy is hilarious because after the fight, he just starts singing. He gets on the mic. This guy was tailor made for pro wrestling. He gets on the mic and starts singing uh, American Pie. <laughs> the whole crowd. It, do yourself a favor. Look this up because it's it's just hilarious. He gets the whole crowd singing along. I mean, it's essentially a wrestling promo of sorts after he just wins the Boxing World Championship. And it, it's just great. Um, but uh, check it out. Check it out. Yeah, figured I'd throw that out there since wrestling, boxing, good, good little segue. But uh, can uh, continue on there. All right, now we uh, we, we're a little bit of a gap there. We we move on into nineteen ninety seven, and uh, this was um, uh, Super Brawl ninety seven. Uh, I I don't really know much about the results for this one. Um, 
I only have a few matches wrote down. This must be the stuff that I, I have. Well, I, yeah, this whole list comes from stuff that I have either recorded or on various DVDs. Um, that's that's where I get a lot of my info. But uh, uh, Nash and Hall against the Giant and Luker. I assume for the tag belts, probably. Uh, Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. So, you know, I know that was, that was probably a good match. Yeah. And uh, Hogan and Piper, which this – they did the um, – Starcade match, so I'm not sure. Was this the one where Piper locked himself in Alcatraz during the build-up? Uh, it might be. <laughs> I remember I that. Know. That was <laughs> wacky stuff, but it was fun. Let's see. We uh, The next year, again, like I said, this is just stuff that I, I had taped off or it's on DVD, so this is just random stuff. Um, Chris Benoit and Raven wrestled on Nitro on, uh, like this was 1998, uh, Jan- or January, I don't, I don't know why I said January, February 23rd, 1998. Um, the, uh, this was the night also, if you flip over from Raw to, or from Nitro to Raw, uh, this was the night that, uh, uh Goldust come out as Dusty Dust. <laughs> so, uh, I thought that was kind of funny, uh. And uh, it entertained too. I, I laughed. I remember laughing at that one. And uh, he said, "The blue of the woods, if you will." <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Then we, uh, two thousand three. It was um, February twenty third, two thousand three. We had uh, no no way out. This was the Rock versus Hogan two. Um, not as impactful as Rock versus Hogan one, but still kind of cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand nine. Uh, not huge news, but it was a Monday Night Raw from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I was there. Yeah. I was there. That was <laughs> that was fun. Um, uh, not a real standout Raw. Uh, Sean beat JBL. Uh, CM Punk beat Miz and Morrison. I think this was a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Um, that's about yeah. Uh, Jericho and uh, Steamboat. Yeah, this, this is the one Steamboat come out on building up to their match for. Uh, um, Mania that year, so so that was kind of cool. Got to see Ricky Steamboat live, and the last thing I got this is kind of cool uh, from uh, February twenty third, twenty ten. So ten years ago, the first episode of NXT with uh, Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho was the main event. Interesting, huh? So I thought that was cool to look back on today. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, took. Uh... Took a couple weeks off here, but we came back with a bang. Um, so uh, I'm sure next Sunday we will uh, review Revolution um, and uh, see the fallout from Super Showdown and what John Cena has to say. So a lot to cover next week for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think it's all we got this week. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's about all I got. Um, AEW figures. Uh, any, any oh yes, action, action figure yes. fans out there. Uh, AEW's got figures coming. They showed them this week good on Dynamite. Look. Yes, they, they look good. They're they're right on par with Mattel's. Uh, Mattel does a line. Um, they got the regular basic and elite lines, but they do something called Ultimate Editions, and they've got like extra yeah. articulation. And that's what these remind me of. They look like the Ultimate Edition uh, WWE Mattel figures. Um, yeah, th- they look really good. The scans look good. Um. um I think there's uh, Toy Fair News. There's going to be two sets of them. Uh, don't have a. I should have wrote down the names, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's all over 
that that's what I was talking about earlier. That my Facebook feed, instead of being SmackDown results, it was all yeah. AW figures and and Toy Fair leaks. So uh, uh, that was pretty good news. There's uh, some cases too. So if you're a figure collector and you like the uh, rare ones, there's a Chase Jericho and a Chase Cody coming out in Series One. Jericho is like mm-hmm. limited to a thousand pieces and comes with the title. Cody is less than uh, maybe five hundred pieces. It's less than Jericho's number. So uh, they're you know. Might be a little hard to find, but there's a regular version in the line as well. So you won't, you know, if you're looking for Cody and Jericho, you can get the regular one. You just might not find the chase. But big, big news there. Big news. Nice, nice. Well, I I think that's all we got this week. Uh, see everybody next Sunday. Stay positive, guys.